Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the U.S., the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Today, we're speaking with Merida Miller, an innovation designer from the US who moved to Amsterdam and started her amazing nonprofit, building the next generation of superwomen, Project Fearless. In this episode, Merida will discuss how a career in design led her to a new country and what her inspirations and learnings were when starting her nonprofit. Project Fearless is a truly awesome foundation, and we're so excited to share this interview with you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, Merida. How are you today? Good. How are you? Very good. So you're calling in from Amsterdam. That's correct. One of my favorite cities in the world. Oh, God, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) When was the last time you were here? Oh, I I was there, um, let's see, 2017 end of 2017 yeah I think the last time I was there was like 2011 for a 21st really oh (laughs) Oh my god it's it is such a magical city it just really really is is. oh yeah when the weather's nice it is one of the most beautiful like I still have my rose-colored glasses on when I cycle through the canals like Oh, Aww. I live here now. You know, yeah. <laughs> this is not just a postcard. This is my this life. Is this home. is home. And how long have you so, lived there? Um, so I moved right like on the cusp, literally New Year's Eve of 2026 or 2016. Sorry. So in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> um, and, 2016. Uh, yeah, so okay. So almost four years now. Okay. Because um, it was just on the cusp. So we, it turned, my first day of like working in Amsterdam was 2017. So what yeah. made that happen? I mean, when did yeah. you decide? Uh, so I I was working for Under Armour. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how familiar everybody is with Under Armour. It's getting bigger and bigger around the world, which is great. Yeah, it's but, huge. Um, mm-hmm. I was working for them in Baltimore at their headquarters, and I'd mm-hmm. done that for five and a half years. Um, what were you doing? And... Uh, I was an advanced concept designer for their innovation team. Wow. So That's very, impressive. Yeah, very, <laughs> very sexy, mouthy title. Um, essentially what it meant was I built the concept cars of clothing behind the scenes. So, wow. um, so I yeah, worked on new materials and worked on new you know manufacturing methods and things like that, which is, yeah, again, very sexy and cool. Um, but I'd, I'd done that since college. So I, I was hired straight out of college. Um, what did you and, study? Yeah, what? How does one become an innovation design thing? <laughs> you know what? It was not my plan. Let me tell you, it was not my plan. Um, I went to school for fashion design, um, and my whole plan was I'm going to do ski and snowboarding clothing. Like that was my dream. It's like ski and snowboarding clothing. That's all I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. Cool. Um, and, and I was recruited out of college to go work at Under Armour, and I did this like. Uh, I would say it was like an apprenticeship. It wasn't an internship. It was an apprenticeship uh, prior to being fully hired. Mm-hmm. And I thought, great, I'm just going to roll into their outdoor team. Um, but then the innovation team like suddenly like pulled back this curtain was like, no, you come here now. And um, I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have an option, um, which was actually great. And except for the best part was like my first project was a sports bra. And I remember thinking like, 
here I'm going to cuss. Fuck that. Like, what's the sports bra? Really? You know, like, what does that have to do with anything? And um, which is so embarrassing because sports bras are actually the most complicated piece of sporting equipment uh, that nobody has done right yet. So um, (laughs) it was a huge learning experience. And so I, yeah, I think I just rolled into it. Um, It worked well for me because I, um, at the time I was sort of a lone wolf. So every project I did, I I created a new team and um, got to work on, gosh, anything from sports bras to, um, I did do my ski and snowboarding collection eventually, uh, but literally got to touch everything. So yeah, so I did that. Um, Yeah, but where were we? Okay. So five and a half years in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five and a half years in Baltimore. And then I uh, I met somebody on a work trip, actually, um, who was living in London. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where it was like, okay, w- this is crazy, um, but it, it feels really right. Let's see how it goes. You met somebody um, romantically, you mean? Romantically, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Elliot is his name, yeah. And, um, and so it was one of those things where I was already ready to make a jump as far as my career. I just didn't know what or where. And um, he was living in London. So I was like, well, I wonder if I could, it'd be amazing to to go with Under Armour somewhere, you know, yeah. like really yeah. see the rest of the world and see how the rest of the world designs and thinks and outdoor yeah. is much bigger in Europe than it is in the US. Well, at the time. Um, And so they have an office here. So I was lucky that I was able to make the transfer and I did that. And I did, so I worked for the Under Armour office here for two more years Mm -hmm. um, before I started Project Fearless. Wow. And tell us, so what is Project Fearless? Because this is what you're on here for and we're so excited to hear about it. I'm so, so excited. (laughs) Tell us about it. Oh, cool. (laughs) Yes. Um, So Project Fearless is after school programs for girls between the ages of 9 and 14, although we now have a mentorship program for girls or for teens 15 to 18. Mm -hmm. Um, And our courses focus on breaking stereotypes, getting out of our comfort zone, sharing experiences to really break down that um, scarcity mindset amongst women and girls uh, and try new things. So we do anything from our courses fall under three categories. Mm -hmm. We have the maker space, which is learning through doing and building in the 3D. Um, So we have, for instance, an activism class this year, which is learning about climate science and then using art as a form of activism. Um, We have uh, our mind and movement lab, which could be anything from, uh, well, skateboarding, which we do boxing, dance, yoga, anything that makes you feel proud and empowered with your body. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And focus on like fitness for looking fit and more about just feeling strong. And, you know, you get to try all these things in a very sort of a non-competitive way. Um, and then the third is our community and leadership. So that is could be uh, designed for social impact, give back events, and our mentor program falls under there. God, this is it's cool. A, it's, a, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Oh How good is it to be a young girl today? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I mean, like, that's, it's funny. Oh my God. <laughs> it's hard to be a young girl today, but we hope yes. that Project Fearless makes yes. it a little bit easier. And yeah, and the girls in our program are just the coolest, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I know I'm biased, but I'm like, we have 65 of the coolest girls on the planet right now. Yeah. You know, they're just yeah. so, uh, yeah, they're inspiring, so every single one of them. So what inspired I, you mm-hmm. to start Project Fearless? Yeah, Was yeah. this something that you wished you'd had when you were younger? Mm. Honestly, it came from a very, very selfish place where I was at Under Armour and I at, had gotten to a point where I was pretty miserable. You know, mm. I, 
I knew I needed to leave because I knew that this was not my life plan. But at the same time, I didn't know where to go. And everybody kept saying, oh, well, just go to Nike or just go to Adidas, you know, mm. like, and I was like, well, that, no offense, but that's maybe the same shit, different, different brand. And I'd like Under Armour. So why would I, you know, it was just very conflicting. Um, mm, right. But at the end of the day, when you're, you know, your why is meant for something else and you're stuck somewhere, it can be honestly like soul destroying. Um, so I had to take some really, a lot of time to do some personal deep dives. I really thought like, okay, what made me the best me? You know, when was I providing the best for myself, but also for the community around me? Because giving back has always been really um, important to me. So I thought back to my favorite job in high school where I used to teach those with disabilities how to ski and snowboard. And I thought about, okay, well, why? Why was that such a, a thing, amazing thing for me? And I realized that for me, I have to be physically active, mm-hmm. um, whatever I'm doing. I have to be creating an impact that goes past just that one person. Um, and I need to be in a space where I can literally be somebody's cheerleader. I love empowering people. I love cheering people on. Mm-hmm. Um, the girls will all tell you I'm the biggest dork at the skate park because I'm just like, wow. Oh, you did it, you know, and they're like, oh, oh my God, you know, like, like calm down. Um, <laughs> yeah, calm down. Like, I literally stepped on the board. I'm like, but it was amazing. Um, so, uh, yeah, so when I really kind of put those pieces together and I thought like, shit, like that's, um, okay, so that's one. That's where I'm going to go. going to do something that has all those pieces. Yeah. Um, and then I started hearing these statistics about girls in their, you know, as they, between the ages of nine and 14, you know, they lose their self-confidence by up to 30% or the fear of failure increases by 150%. Oh, um, God. And I just felt like, God, okay, so there's all this, which is amazing stuff. Like there's all these, and especially in Amsterdam, there's all these events or networking meetings or things that are for women, mm. um, which is great. Um, you know, lean-in circles or networking circles or, you know, you can just go to a place of how to how to change your resume to to ask for that promotion or something like that. And I thought that's amazing, but like, okay, well, who's focusing on the next generation? You know, mm. like, why, do, why don't we actually do the thing that we wanted to tell our nine-year-old self? Yeah. Um, so that's where this really came from. And it was, like I said, like kind of a selfish place. But if you look at the circles that we run in, which is the Mind and Movement Lab, the Community Give Back, and the Makerspace, like, those are all, those are all my pieces. Um, so yeah, that's amazing. So your project Phyllis is a non-profit, is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's a non-profit. So do you work with schools and the government? Yeah, so we are uh, we're, we're we're still really young. So mm-hmm. this is actually our first full year. So like two weeks ago, we restarted for yeah year two, I guess, of Project Fearless. Um, so we are. It's a blend of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are. You know, we have, we're heavily reliant on partners and sponsorships. So we were really lucky right off the gate to have a sponsorship from Tom's Shoes wow. um, that helped us, like, uh, launch us, you know, our first pilots. Um, wow. And then whenever we can get grants or apply for funding for small pieces to help us with one course, with supplies, I think like that. We also do um, – we charge for our courses, um, but they aren't – if you look at, like, the pie graph of what the, the course – cost brings in it's only like a third of our pie right so we try to keep our cost really low and we always have availability for scholarship we always have availability for half scholarship so if a family can't provide um you know meets for instance like um in Amsterdam there's a thing called Stadspass which if you fall below a certain economic line you get a bunch of things for free um so 
but not everybody falls between that falls under that mm -hmm. and as we know this year particularly has been really tough so we want to make it available so if for instance somebody doesn't fall below stads pass to get a full scholarship okay well you know what can we do from project fearless aside to give you a half scholarship to make sure that you can still join us that's such a good yeah. idea wow beautiful what's nice. been your biggest yeah. learning then do you think with with starting this business in the last year oh, God. <laughs> it kind of sounds like there's been a did lot did you just fall out of your chair yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. i was like um do we want to talk oh, about God. it <laughs> no 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 i mean it's it's all been good stuff right like i think I, I, there's definitely been like personal learnings and like businesswoman learnings yeah um i think for me the biggest personal learning was the fact that like just do it and I, I think I, I've always yeah. been that kind of person. Like that's always been me is like I learn on the go. Yeah. But I think this year has really proven that um, one, like I can handle it. And two, uh, that's the best way to do it. Because at the end of the day, we're working with a group of girls who, um, yeah, we may know some of them, you know, like they we, we have returning girls, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. But like the whole every group is completely different. So, yeah, you can have a group of, you know, 12 people on a Monday and 12 different people on a Thursday and the dynamics are completely different so uh plan but be ready for flexibility and ready for last minute you know costume changes location changes whatever you got to do um yeah and and yeah and it, we've done it and it's been it's been it's not been easy but I think I'm getting better at accepting <laughs> that's life you know like yeah okay so um, I can handle this. We can handle this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, what as a woman who grew up in America, right? Like Europe mm -hmm. is profoundly different from America culturally. Mm -hmm. I mean, from what I've experienced. Yeah. I, um, what is it inside of you? I mean, was it something that you experienced growing up? Was it, you know, I don't know. What is it inside of you that drove you to want to help other women as they're growing up become yeah. more fearless? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, it's funny because I got to be honest, when I first thought about Project Fearless, I was going to do it um, co-ed. Mm. Um, because when I was younger, actually, when I was in middle school or those like, you know, 9 to 14 ages, um, I only had guy friends because girls mm. were actually really nasty to me. <laughs> so I was very much on the fence of like, well, we got to protect those who don't have, you know, you know, girlfriends or, um, yeah. and then I started thinking, well, maybe that's one of the problems, right? You know? Like maybe that's actually something we can solve is the yeah. fact that like, I couldn't have been the only girl who felt that and who will feel, feel that. So mm -hmm. is that something we can create here? You know, like, um, team sports have always been super important to me and that's actually where I've met my long lasting friends. Yeah. And so I wanted to create those team what it is about what is it about team sports that really create those long lasting bonds and that you can um you know have those sort of more important conversations about teamwork and scarcity mindset and building each other up and there's room yeah. for all of us yeah on the same team to be a leader and a teammate at the same time what is it um, it's like women um are, why yeah. why are we taught to compete with each other like in an unhealthy it's, way as yeah, like small humans like we're like we're not that humans. very big like what you'll see like you know sometimes ki girls in kindergarten being mean to yeah. each other and like competing each with each other in an unhealthy way mm. i'm not really yeah. sure what what causes that culturally or how to fix it other than doing what you're doing which is incredible <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks, thanks um yeah i mean all 
I'm sure there's, oh my gosh, there's a million reasons at play, but like um, this, the term scarcity mindset is something that I kind of just, mm. I think I knew in the back of my head for a while, but it wasn't until I started really building product rails and researching that I thought about, yeah, this idea that scarcity mindset is your actions come out of place of fear of lack as mm-hmm. opposed to a, um, yeah, as opposed to like, oh no, there's room for all of us, right? So, and that right. can be usually with food or water or money. Um, but with women, you know, like, well, if you don't see a lot of women at the top, that kind of makes you think that there's only room for one of you. Right. So, huh. you know, yeah. s- some are going to beg, borrow and steal to be that one position at the top. Right. Um, and then, you know, for me that I, I never, in a corporate environment, I certainly never felt like, I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. You know, like yeah. I'll kind of just, I guess I'm not going to get promoted because like, that's just not my personality. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, but, but it also, we, like I said, we saw it, we saw it really young, even at the skate park, um, yeah. you know, last year, like day two, all of a sudden the girls are being like, you know, jumping in front of each other to get attention from the coaches or saying yeah. stuff like, oh, you didn't get that trick yet. And it was just, <laughs> you know, the, the coaches and I were like, what? Like, where did this come from? You know? Yeah. And then, you realize like, okay, well, there's how many women at the skate park representing? Yeah. Um, and when you go online, how many women are on? I mean, of course, it's it's changing rapidly, which is great. But like, even still, skateboarding is still a very men-dominant sport. And if there's one woman, she is sky brown. You know, she yeah. is like... The token. A, 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 yeah. A, the token. Amazing. But she's also so unbelievably unobtainably amazing that yeah. like you kind of lose the fact that you're like that's a girl <laughs> you know yeah. it's just like a, she's a, she's a god right she's got to be so um, much better than the average so much better yeah. than the average guy yeah. who's, who's yeah. shown up there yeah and there, i'm not saying there aren't good of course they're great skateboarders men but um so that idea that like there's there's really not room for all of us um right. and that the the word leader means one you know and mm-hmm. i think that's a real shame too because gosh best teams mean that we all take turns being the leader and then i recognize that hey you know your your um knowledge and best strengths are used here like go lead us that way and mm-hmm. then when it's my turn i'll i'll lead us this way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so that's something we really try to work on with our teams and we talk about that and we talk about you know just last week i had a conversation with a couple 12 year olds about how they're in a group of three. And of course, that's number three for young women is always a tough one. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, why is it that there's always one who's kind of, whether she's the ringleader, or she's making the others feel bad, but then you still feel like you have to, if you you were to just walk away from her, then then who would you be, you know, or if you didn't follow those footsteps, Mm -hmm. then there's not a space for you. I mean, girls, uh, groundbreaking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, literally. And I think that's why that film was so, I mean, hilarious, Resonant. but also relatable. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. like, we're like, oh my God, yeah. that seems crazy, but that's real life, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's funny. So I, I really do think it's a lot of the scarcity mindset. There's this idea that like, you got to be better, faster, stronger than your others because at the end of the day, there's only room for one of you at the top as opposed to the 10, you know. Well, we're positions. we're in this really weird era too, where there women will like fake support each other, but not really oh support yes. each other. Yes. Like the, you go, yes. girl, but then they're really like also doing really shady shit. Mm. Like yes, you know, yes. and it's yes. just like it's true support. Like truly, nothing yeah. ad- impresses me more than seeing a woman 
like lift another woman up without her even knowing Mm -hmm. it you know like if someone overhears something unfair and be like well actually you know she's it's probably this let's give her the benefit of the doubt and she doesn't even know that this woman's saying it you know like nothing impresses me more than genuine support between women well some women start businesses and then they don't get the support from their friends yeah that's a really strange one I've seen that talked about on our Facebook group and um, on a bunch of other Facebook groups where Mm. women feel like they have lost friends because they've started businesses yeah. or become they successful had this, yeah, yeah and they don't have the yeah. their friends like didn't like oh, the gosh, facebook page yeah. so it sounds so petty but yeah. it's a it's but a it slight hurts. isn't it it hurts yeah. it really hurts yeah it does like genuinely supporting each other like learning it from that age is just so powerful mm. you know it's so powerful is that what you teach to like not feel like someone else's success is a threat to your own yeah yeah i mean that's, i mean that's a great way to phrase it and I'll bring it up this week but um we actually yeah we talk I mean we talk about teamwork and more of the fact that like there's space for us all and Mm -hmm. that if we celebrate each other if we know and celebrate each other's goals then Mm -hmm. I can better help you reach those goals and it also kind of lessens that threat because you realize like oh actually you know Katie's Katie's goals are actually this and my goals are this and although they sound similar there's still room for both of us you know and like how can I support her? How can I, you know, and then, then it goes into, you know, of course, later in life with business of like, oh, well, I have this connection. Let me connect you with Katie because Katie's actually, you know, going down this path. And mm-hmm. and we do talk about that. And we also talk about like the honesty of it, like that we mm-hmm. all experience it. You know, we, you know, we say like, who's ever felt that in order to get ahead, you've had to put somebody else down. Well, let's raise our hands and see and nor- kind of normalize it, but not a, um, not celebrate it, if that makes sense. Yeah, so we normalize okay. the fact that like, yeah, because I think that's also part of it is like this shame that you feel, you know, mm-hmm. this insane guilt that like, it's like, yeah, it's okay. But now we're more aware of it. So now, for instance, when I have a moment and I still do as a 31 year old who's t- teaching this, mm-hmm. have moments of like, oh my God, well, if that happens, then she's going to get ahead more than me, you know? And I yeah. have to take a second and like, okay, Merida, am I acting out of scarcity mindset fear or am am I acting because actually that doesn't sit right with me for some other reason you know like and and opening that up and I think that's one thing that we're really trying to teach the girls this year is awareness like whether it be you know about inclusivity and diversity or whether it be about scarcity mindset or uh awareness of self-limiting talks it's kind of just noticing like oh hey (laughs) that felt weird I know where that came from. Yeah. Let me now navigate before I move forward. If it feels icky um, in your soul, there's a reason that it yeah. feels icky, right? <laughs> Whether it's yeah. something that you act- yeah. that you said about someone or something that you said about yourself to yourself. Like if it feels yeah. icky, there's a reason. Let's teach yeah. you how to have more healthy behaviors mm-hmm. in this yeah. area, yeah. right? And just recognize it because yeah. I think that's the hardest thing is so, so many of us and self-included go through go through life on autopilot you know you're just like oh this is how I'm supposed to feel just keep going or like I don't have time to to to, um what's the word like address or really delve into that emotion so I'm just going to keep pushing forward um but it's okay to take a step back and it's okay to kind of look at and say like ooh, (laughs) you know recognize wow that probably wasn't the nicest thing to say why did I say that why why Um, have I done it yeah Mm. why have I done that and and move on because we all are gonna you know we're all gonna mess up in life you know all the time so it's important just to take a moment and say like okay like I learned from myself without having to throw it on Facebook or throw it on Instagram or anything like that just taking those little moments yeah 
without having to publicize them or yeah Mm-hmm, One of the things that I think is really inspiring about you and Project Fearless is that you started a business in a different country where they speak a different language. <laughs> <laughs> How was that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how did how did you find that experience? Any learnings you can uh, share? Yeah. Again, like it was just sort of that like just do it mindset. Um, mm. I didn't realize that I, like, it's funny because somebody was like, yeah, you know, I thought about doing something similar or starting my business, but I didn't speak the language. And I was like, yeah. This was like six months later. I was like, I didn't realize that either. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, you know, but I I guess I just kind of never saw it as a barrier. Those Um, bold Americans, they think they can do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid, like, I feel like like, happy puppies, like, flopping through a field, like, you know? <laughs> um, no, but I really, I think, and this is, you know, maybe it's growth mindset, which I didn't, I just learned about this year or something, but it's, it's more of just looking at it like, okay, is that a barrier? Is that like a immovable object? If so, like what bridges do I need to build to get over it? Or is that something I can flex and move around? And I guess language for me was like, yeah, okay. Uh, sure. We're going to need a Dutch speaker. Okay. That's easy. So we always have a head coach and an assistant coach. That just means one of those has to speak Dutch um, and and go from there. And we've made it work. And I will say that, you know, the Netherlands or I mean, Amsterdam is an incredibly, uh, for those who've been there, very expat, diverse city. So yeah. I don't think I would have been able to do Project Fearless in a smaller town in the Netherlands uh, as an expat. Um purely because my Dutch is not so good. And <laughs> I, um, here I definitely felt that the city is more, what's the right word? Like accepting of startups and entrepreneurs and kind of these crazier ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and the expat community is really big. Yeah. Um, so, so that was really helpful, especially around the language. Um, but as far as, you know, starting up, like ex- Amsterdam is, is very startup friendly. There's lots of accelerator programs. There's sort of this mindset of like, oh, like you're going to quit your job and go sell cupcakes in the park. Like, great. That's an awesome idea. That was oh. also what was going to happen. That was what was going to happen if I didn't have Project Fearless, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's really great. And I think one thing of Project Fearless is like the mission resonates with so many people. Yeah. Um, you know, whether you are... Uh, however old you are as and if you identify as female you you've felt this growing up or you know we have dads now who who recognize oh my gosh how important this is for their daughters um Mm -hmm. so and that those are kind of things that you can resonate on no matter where you're from no matter your language like there's there's some pieces of project fearless that hits everybody to their core which is really really great um really important too yeah, that's amazing. It's so, so beautiful. What are your future kind of hopes and aspirations for Project Fearless? How do you see it growing? Will it become international? Yeah. Send it to that's Sydney. The goal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the goal. Um, yeah, so we, we, you know, we, gosh, of course, like also our first year, we were not expecting a pandemic, but we made it work. Um, but uh, our goal was supposed to be this year we were going to build a clubhouse and we did an amazing um, crowdfunding for this clubhouse and then unfortunately COVID hit. Um, but so our next, I think, like big stake in the ground is we hope to get a clubhouse, like a permanent, you know, sort of community space in Amsterdam where we could host. Uh, we could host a lot of our courses as well, but um, 
it would also just be, like I said, a stake in the ground to say, hey, we're here. You know, we could have movie nights. We could have community talks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, the goal is, yeah, to go international. You know, I would love to um, empower others to, to, to sort of take the Project Fearless, I guess if you think of it like a social franchise or something like that. So take the Project Fearless game plan and go put it in Barcelona or go put it in Virginia or Sydney. Um, yeah. Amazing. So that's our goal. Is we want to create like sister sister houses and sister clubhouses around the world that we could all connect back to each other. Beautiful. Well, Merida, thank you so much. It has been so fun having you on the podcast yeah, and you're you so all. inspiring to me. And I'm so glad <laughs> that. that you are out there teaching this next generation of women the things that they need to yes. know yeah. to it's be amazing. leaders. Oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that. Thanks. Cool. So good. So good luck with everything and we'll chat soon. Yeah, great. Have a good one. See ya. This podcast was brought to you by invoice to go We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere at any location around the globe. And we're helping close the gender-based pay gap because the current US gender-based pay gap sits at around 19%. Listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast will get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just use the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.